Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the Enneagram types and spirituality in marriage. So I want to make sure you guys know that in terms of my practice over the years in mental health and personality and relationship, the biggest focus I've always started people on is self-care. Obviously, the reason for that is because you have to put your oxygen mask on if you're going to be able to help anybody else. And in my relationship programs, I often say to couples who are fighting that we have to first find a way to recharge the batteries like of a cell phone before we actually take out the big apps. So one of the ways we do this is through spiritual replenishment. And right now, I thought it was perfect timing to talk about that. I'm actually recording this the day between Good Friday and Easter because I know that on the church calendar and even just in coronavirus season right now, this can be a dark feeling, a dark day, kind of just a hard time, the space in between. It's kind of this dry wilderness season before Easter, and it's really hard to imagine what it must have been like for those who walked right alongside Jesus in this time many years ago and had to sit there in contemplation. And yet it's not so hard because nowadays we don't physically walk with Jesus. We walk spiritually in a largely mental or heart or body experiential way And we have to walk that wilderness. So in some ways, we can imagine it very much. And especially right now, like I said, in culture and on the church calendar, we're really understanding what it's like to really say, okay, I may be in a dry season or I may be in a season where I need to be so intentional about my spiritual self-care or it's just not going to happen. And especially as a couple, what are our lined up spiritual values so that we as a family can still produce and be trustworthy and be people who honor one another and have integrity together, even if we're stuck in COVID and we don't like each other all that much right now. So that is tongue in cheek because right now I'm getting along great with my husband, but at the same time, we've sure had our days where we've been annoyed and I know you guys have too. So it's important to be able to say not only for our personal lives and for our family, family and our kids, but for our marriages, how are we doing spiritually? So I always want to keep that in mind because this is a marriage podcast, but if you don't do your personal work, your marriage is really unlikely to be super happy after the beginning stages of dating. And when that, you know, two-year romance wears off, you've got to keep those sparks aflame in every single way, not just in the bedroom, but also spiritually. So this is going to give you guys a little bit of a reminder, and I hope just get you shooting beautifully into your week with spiritual intention and with God in your life. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity that I have to speak from the space in between and remind you that you're not alone if you're in a dark place spiritually or if you've lost your faith or if you're just kicking and screaming and having a tantrum with God. I know a lot of my friends have said, oh, I think God is putting us in our rooms for a time out. And we've all had various adages about why we think coronavirus is happening 
complaining. Some people are taking it out on God and saying, God, I'm in pain and I don't understand this. And others are saying this is nothing to do with God. But at any rate, I do want us to see that sometimes we feel spiritually dry. Sometimes we feel questions coming up. And let's face it, even if you're one of the people who say this has nothing to do with God and this has everything to do with our own personal, not just having the fruits of the Spirit or not being as healthy as we need to be, not meditating enough, whatever it may be, it's our fault, then you guys even need to realize spiritually, if you are angry at others, that could be a reflection of your spiritual lens not being as clear as it needs to be as well. So this episode is not just for those who are in a dark season and may need an encouraging reminder. It's for those who may be in a judging season where they're kind of looking over as the prodigal son's brother and saying, look at all those people over there flailing in the mud. Ha ha ha. I'm doing great. God's got this. But then you guys need to be the ones to say, wow, this is a time of reflection for me on love. Because I think what we realize is even if we look at the desert fathers and Lent and this period of wilderness, and we remember that Jesus took a period of wilderness before his official ministry began, we remember that there was taunting in that time. And we remember that just before that wilderness season, Jesus was baptized and the father said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. So we need to remember that we're loved before we put on any kind of ministry. And that love may fill us then to love others, even when we feel like they don't necessarily warrant it or deserve it. And I think that's really a good place for us to start as we get into every single type, even if we're in a dry or dark place ourselves with faith, even if we're in a great place with faith, where our love shows that is really the test of how we're doing as people of God. So let's try to give that aspect some thought and let's try to make sure that we're intentional with an outpouring of that. Because when I say spiritual self-care, there's almost a paradox there. Spirituality is not just about you. You need that oxygen mask, but if you're not putting it on partly so you can help others, then you're putting it on for the wrong reason because you're ignoring others and you're too far into self-preservation mode. And some of us can trick ourselves and say, hey, I'm self-preservation, but it's so I can take care of others well. And that's well and good if that's true, but you've got to look at your heart and say, how balanced am I with the people in my life? How much am I loving them? How much am I loving myself? Especially if you're somebody in the codependency triad, you may not be necessarily loving yourself that well if you're a two or a three ultimately. So that's why I want to go through each and every type with you and help you to draw fresh from God and find that place again of solace, that place of retreat, that place of renewal, and make sure that you are as healthy as possible for you and no judgment. I know we shift over the years. I know as a seven, when I was really young, I went to a really fun church and my husband and I loved it together, and he was a one, so he goes to seven in health. And then we had another season when we were in grad school. We went to a very liturgical church, which had a really cool balance of artists and scientists and professionals and lay people. And it was just a cool, balanced church with a lot of liturgy and a very four slash five vibe. And then we now have found a church where our kids fit really, really well. And it's got another seven slash one vibe. It's a church of the South. So understand that no church is perfect. And you may even be in a season where you're not at a place of worship, but I want you guys to try to lean in at various seasons for 
your spouse when one of you needs it more, it's important that you try to lean in and say, okay, I'm doing great spiritually. I'm here in this season for you. I have a lot of people who do that for each other. I have a lot of fives. We'll talk about fives in a few minutes who aren't even necessarily as spiritual or perhaps experience spirituality in a different way, but who go to a more traditional setting to just sit and be with their wife. And that's something for them that they real or husband and They just enjoy being together in a quiet place, together worshiping. So it can look different for different people in different seasons. And I just want you to keep your mind on that and also stick around for at the end. I have a liturgical response for you if you would like a format for just how to pursue your life with God at home. I typed up something that I think you'll find very helpful and I hope you do. And if you don't, no biggie. But as far as the nine types, we're going to go ahead and start with type one because I know that as a one, you think that there's a right and a wrong way to do things. And spiritually, I want to help you to understand that I want you to go with what you think is right. That's going to be so important for you. But I also want you to not get tricked by thinking that somebody else has a perfect life. Perhaps because you're a one, you like to listen to somebody on YouTube or on a podcast, and you're envisioning their life story to be crystal clear and just exactly what you're thinking life should be. And you've got to remember they're performing. So keep that in mind that that's a performance. I also want you, as you're thinking in that way, to remember that For your life, it's most important for you to take some time just to have a quiet minute with God where you try to silence that inner critic. I wouldn't recommend to a one to have too much time alone because then the critic gets louder. So I do really like for you to be listening and carefully trying to discern what is really yours to do, what is really a blessing that you already have, and take some time of gratitude in your faith life with God and look at the gray a little bit, but also just remember what really is performance-based because the people you're listening to are sharing what they want to share. And even people in the movie business who make movies would tell you the same thing that yes, their sets look amazing, but none of that is real. And you know that with all of your details. So I hope you can lean in and let your details speak to you about the speakers that you're listening to and admiring that you don't go to that negative force space and start thinking how you'll never be there or how the grass is greener on the other side and how their family sounds perfect because that's what they're sharing and how yours isn't. Rather, I'd have you look to the gray area. I'd have you look and say, there are things that I don't know behind the curtain. And what I do know is these words are life-giving to me and I want to be life-giving to my family. And then I want you to incorporate some body work into your spiritual time. And for a one, this often means worship music in nature. It means heading out after you've gotten those beautiful principles you love and the sermon or the good book and chewed on it and thought about it. You don't even need a large segment for ones because you guys are good at just thinking it through in depth and going really detailed with it. But then I want you to release some of the anger that's been pent up in your bodies this week or this weekend before and just start fresh. If you can do this daily, obviously for all of us, that's the very best practice. So I want you to make sure you take some time in your body in nature and during COVID, boy, this is sure the time when you can enjoy nature from a great social distance and everybody understands that we all need it. And I hope ones are hearing that right now because they do not give themselves permission for this. And spiritual time is something to give yourselves permission for ones as a quick reminder because this is your place where you set your intention 
and that your day's rightness starts out or ends if you do this at night or your pause for your midday reflection. So I want you to even use liturgy if you need for your prayers, if your prayers keep being invaded by a critical voice. I want you to go to liturgy, go to the Book of Common Prayer, find something that you can actually lean into and hold on to and make sure you enjoy that time because this is your precious time for your mind to be still. Twos, if you've read any of Ian Croner's Suzanne Stabile, you know that twos are really given a great spiritual practice when they take some time at the beginning of the day before their busy mind gets moving and their bodies get moving to just sit with God, to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and to remind you that you only need to do what is yours. That is an excellent practice for you twos. Another practice that I like to add on to that for spiritual replenishment for twos is I like for you guys to remember that not everybody is like you. And I like for you guys to remember that you are still love, even if people don't show love the same way you do. And I'd like for you to reflect on your friends and family in the world who are showing love in various ways. Sometimes they're not going to show that to you and you're going to need to wrestle with God with that and say, I see so-and-so doing beautiful things in the world, but I've brought them a meal. I've cared for their children. I've watched their animal, and I don't feel like they've done the same for me. But what I want you to do in that moment when you kind of hit your four point of jealousy and grass is greener on the other side in a negative way, because you can do that. You can go to four. We can all go to each of the Enneagram types in positive or negative. But twos do have a special relationship to four, and it's usually one of health, but I want you to watch it here because our flip side strengths are our weaknesses too. And I want you to make sure that you're not going to four in that space of it's not being done for me. Because it's important to remember when somebody does something unto God, it's unto all of us. And there's a flow that goes through all of humanity and blesses every single one of us when a good deed is done. So please try to remember, even if it's that you gave somebody your dollar and then they gave it to somebody else, that's a beautiful act of love. So try not to judge that. In fact, try to celebrate that and try to get your spiritual self-care with God where you are also beautifully taking some time, not only in your home before things start, but if you're a very active two with all that energy that I know a lot of twos have, then make sure you take some time also to do that with yourself in nature as you're exercising and getting fitness. I also want you to know that a lot of twos find their closeness to God through action and activity. So not just taking in and worshiping while you look at nature, but also service. When you are baking bread for somebody, when you are sending a card, when you are giving a hug, I know we can't give real hugs in COVID right now, but you can give a Zoom hug. I've seen some of those going around. They're fun. I want you to know that this is really appreciated and it's a beautiful way for you to shine out that those arms of the Lord. So I love that about you too. And if you're ever feeling like God is far off, I want you to remember that community aspect. And even if community has to look different for you right now, I really want you to be brave and to reach out for the community around you in whatever way you can, even if you're the one saying, let's organize a neighborhood parade or let's deliver Easter baskets. Now that's past, but you get my point. I want you to make sure that you are thinking about the least of these kids and animals still 
And I want you to make sure that you are reaching out those beautiful arms of service and not only to others, but to yourself every morning as you examine or every night, just what it is that you can do to bless others, as well as that you don't have to play God so that you can let God be God and that you can let those feelings of wonderment about why others aren't serving in the same way as you are to rest. And you can just take some deep breaths and do those cleansing, meditative breaths that will release you from having to go there. Type threes, I really want you to know that I see a huge gift for service in you as well. Not only service, but leadership. So as you're thinking about what you can be doing to be close to God, a lot of that is going to look like action for you. You've been gifted with an inordinate amount of energy and you are very good at getting things done. So if you can be the one at your work site to do the project that helps people to make sure that enough masks are being distributed, or if you can be the one at the work site to be the voice of truth that says, I want to make sure we're all protected and covered because you know that others won't speak up. This is a time when we need your shining voice to be that beacon of light in the world and that beacon of God's love that says, I trust God enough to believe that if we take good care of ourselves, he will take care of us in turn versus I can't say anything. I want everybody else to like me. I'm a chameleon and I need to just blend in. That's not you at your best right now. That's not you shining out your spiritual gift of truth. So make sure that as we consider what you can do right now that it involves that. But I also want you to know that at your core, sometimes as a three, you're wondering, are you anything if not for those duties? And I want you to know you absolutely are. And I want you to repicture with me what I started this podcast with, which is how in the desert times, Jesus was really given strength to go through those trials when he was being tempted because just before that he had put on that love that God had loved him before his ministry even started. And that is a reminder for you as well. And you may even need an affirmation booklet as part of your spiritual journey where you ask yourself, what have I done that's good that when I'm at my time of rest, I can flip through my affirmation journal and remember that I've done some great things in my life and it's also okay to just be. So for you to just be may look like you slowing down and looking over what have you already done in the past. And it also looks like you giving those words over yourself where you can look up the I am statements from the Bible anytime you want and remember that you're redeemed and that you're loved. And yes, you can incorporate some practices of meditation that involve you just being still. But I also really like the idea of you remembering that you're special and loved just for being human. You're fearfully and wonderfully made and God loves you and you don't have to prove it to the rest of us. You're already amazing. And I want you to remember that that's a very important part of your spiritual journey is for you to not feel like you have to prove yourself, but that you're already wonderful and getting to know yourself a little bit better is another great way to incorporate spiritual practice where you just stop. Like I said to ones, you don't have to stop for two hours, but, but just stop for about five minutes and ask yourself, what is it that I feel called to do today? And I know I said that to twos 
as well. But I said two is a little longer, but for you, it could be just a few minutes of what am I going to do? What do I not need to do? Who am I letting dictate what I do? Am I letting anybody make me feel like I need to be just like them? I love Michael Hyatt's example when he says as a three, as a child, he walked just like his father. And not only in the good ways, but his father had a limp. So he took that limp on because he wanted to be just like him. So ask yourself in these few minutes, you can write it down if you're that type of a person who is incorporating in thought and, and you need to focus in on the written word, but you don't have to. It might be just something you can do orally or in your head that you say, who am I following after with a limp? Is there anybody that I need to let go of and really chase after God's example so that you can see Christ? And I know that many people listening may not like the whole example the church has been setting. And trust me, I know that the church has not set a good example in many ways. And even in Jesus's day, the church was not setting a good example. So I'm talking about Jesus and I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about what good examples have you seen directly from those red letters? Because Jesus was somebody who knew how to have fun. He knew how to turn water into wine as his first miracle. He knew how to love people, to call people on the truth like you three. And so remember that that's the example you want. Not not the church necessarily, because we've had so many people get burned and traumatized by the church that now we need movements, entire movements to help us. And we have people trying to do that. And I love that where we have people saying, okay, I am somebody who is learning to deconstruct my faith, or I'm learning to reconstruct my faith after I've deconstructed it. I'm learning to Maybe have church in a different way. Maybe I'm going to switch denominations. And it's okay to be exploring these things as long as you don't leave what's beautiful and good and true out of it. Because God will always come and wait for you while you do these things. And I want you guys to know that it's okay. Everybody, whatever type you are, it's okay to have these stumbling times through the desert. This is when God's faithful to you. You have breath in your lungs to do this. And you have this umbilical cord, it's invisible, but keeps pulling you back and holding on to you even when you don't feel it. Type fours, I want you to know that you probably already know because you're such a pensive group, but you really do well when you take time with God in music and in movement. And when you allow beauty and art to inspire you and you create beauty and art. This is a beautiful space for you with God. It invites God in and says, I know how to slow down. I know how to be still, and once again, I'm not going to sit and dwell on what I don't have, but I will take time to lament and to show my pain and to sit with others in pain, and yet I know how to release that pain through my body. I know how to get past it and to move forward with gratitude so that I can move into action, and so this practice for you may look like a morning activity like I've heard said to ones before, take that piece of paper out and write all the junk out onto it in the morning and then toss it out. It could look like that for you where you spiritually just do a cleanse, but it could also look like I said, just giving yourself some space during your day for meditation and to read a scripture, a simple detailed scripture, because I know you go deep, to watch a piece of art and to just praise God as a result of it and to just sit in that wonder. And nature is a beautiful space for you too, but 
I know you create beauty even indoors. So even if you're not a four who wants to go out in nature, but you're a four who says, no, I'm creating a beautiful canvas right here from inside my bedroom, or I'm making this corner of the world, literally corner of my bedroom, the most IG worthy space because it's so gorgeous. I want you to know also though, that even if it's only pretty to you, and I know you kind of know this as a four because you want to be unique and fours have all kinds of ways they want to be unique. My four is always ahead of the game on what's trending. My nine is too. I was typing something onto my four's phone the other day And I said, let me see this because I want to send this into college with you. And she was laughing because I couldn't get any caps on her eyes. And I'm like, okay. So she's like, I just need to switch my keyboard back because I have lowercase for everything. And I said, oh, okay. And I wasn't even worried about it. You know, I'm just a seven in that sense of moving forward quickly and okay, whatever. And she's like, I do that because I'm a four and I like to be unique. (laughs) It was really cute. And she also knows because we live together clearly and we talk about the Enneagram that being unique is a part of fours, but we also know that her work is to know that she's loved even if she's not unique. But I wanted to just say to you guys, I do love that you're unique and I do love that sometimes you find beauty in things that nobody else in your family finds beauty in. And that's where you meet God because he finds beauty in everything. So just be that person who says, yes, I'm going to lead the trend or maybe nobody will follow me on this trend, but I love it and I think it's beautiful and it makes me feel special. That's okay. Let's go with that because as fours can be codependent and not always feel special, let's go with that so you guys know you're special to God. You are made unique and don't forget your music can help lull you out of that space of terror and sadness and angst. And of course, I'm eager for you fours to do the prayer segment that I'm sharing at the end because I want to make sure that you guys know how loved you are and how we don't want you to stay stuck in your angst forever because that would not be showing yourself God's love for you, even though he wants you to go deep and sit with people and lament and he cried with his friends. We want you to know that You can also remember that he's the same God who made that water into wine and that there is room for joy. And I think that fours exude joy more than most. I will be talking about this when we do our four episode, but I really do. I think they can surpass a seven with joy. And I think that it's because we see the highs and the lows so starkly. So it's a beautiful gift for us when we get to see your joy fours, but it's, I can just imagine such a beautiful gift to yourself. Fives, I want to also let you know that I recognize many of you do have faith and many of you don't. And so I've been told by fives that you really enjoy when you find a very small community that understands where you're coming from because it can be very lonely to be surrounded by people either in your church or a church or the church and you not feel like you relate on the same level or the same way. And to find people who perhaps want to get deep on a certain level, like apologetics, or perhaps, as we said earlier, deconstructing, or in a different season of faith, perhaps even agnosticism, that you find people who understand and ask questions along with you, because part of our life with God is community. And so even if you don't have that grasp on Apostles' Creed, and I really have a sense for salvation, maybe you don't have those things, but you have a sense for feels good. It feels right to be with people who understand me and can process with me. And that feels very spiritual to me. 
Some of you fives with a four wing also do a beautiful job with music, and so you find a way to God through music. And you also bring to the world, I think, with your spiritual focus being so withdrawing in the sense that you can withdraw with God. I think you could probably imagine Jesus going to the wilderness for 40 days and it not being quite as tough as some of the others of us might think. What I'm saying here is I want you to know that it's important for you to recognize that you can still draw on the arts during this time when you withdraw. You can still allow yourself to find your feelings if you process through writing. So don't forget that you do have access to feelings if you take some time to get out of your head and you may do body work. I've known a lot of fives to have seasons of life where they do very good regimented routine body work. So right now you might say I go on a walk every evening and walks are about the only thing that I think of when I think of what is something that I know all fives like. It's hard to ever say all, but the the exercise that I hear most about for getting into their bodies so they can get into their feelings from their heads is usually walking. So taking a walk and processing prayer that way or reading out of a liturgical book, like I said, the Book of Common Prayer, or finding your way to a great podcast that allows you to think in refreshing new ways that are going to clear your head. This is so important for fives who get stuck in their heads and need to get some flow going. And I really think that it brings you a gift spiritually to be able to think outside of the box. And fives love thinking outside of the box. So thinking outside of your typical box for you and going spiritual means trying to access that point of yourself with God that allows you to wrestle maybe with like-minded people, but even just yourself wrestling, thinking, trying to be creative. Sometimes you have the most innovative things going on as a five. And when you can share them with the church and with the world, that's a beautiful place where your spirituality meets the need of the world and your gifting meets the need of the world. And there's no better place to be. So for you, these are the spiritual practices I'd like you to focus on is not just learning new knowledge and seeking new knowledge, but really giving out what you get and trusting that it's enough and trusting that it'll be used and needed and being brave and also just taking that time to even get to those places by seeking out good information about where you're really at. Even if you have to grieve for a little while that a lot of people do not share that place, I know you can still do beautiful things because that's where you're at right now. As for sixes, I know that sixes really love their people so much. So when we think about spirituality for sixes, we think about community spending time together, being vulnerable with your people to say, I'd like to get together. I'd like to do church together. I'd like to take communion together. Even if right now, as we're thinking of COVID, it has to look like doing this over Zoom or phone. Maybe it looks like you finding your favorite preachers and re-watching some of your favorite sermons for a comforting reminder of the things you know to be true. Because we know one of those great lines from C.S. Lewis is about how your faith is really the same in spite of your changing moods. So I want you to remember that six, that these comforting practices can be everything to you and to get you out of your head I think worship music is absolutely vital for you to remember that God meets you through music when you're stuck in your head is everything. And you have already done all the troubleshooting you can. I know you have by now. And it's important that now you reflect on what you don't have control over and that release. So if you need it to be a body release too, don't forget your yoga. Don't forget your walks. Don't forget your breathing. This is all important for six because they hold so much in with that control. And it's not so they can be rude. 
It's just because that's their beautiful gift is they get to do a great job with preparing and troubleshooting. But when that's over, the shift needs to take place so they can be spiritually replenished or they're going to be totally getting a headache or a panic attack or finding themselves needing to take meds when they really wouldn't have needed to otherwise. So it's important that they really find the best ways to being a fragrance to others and that will in turn help them to feel more secure because others will want to be near them and they'll say, wow, you are a wonderful person in my community. I do want to be near you. You're not constantly seeking to lean on me because you bring your own delight. You bring your own joy. You bring your own, just you bring you. That's an important piece. You write your own ticket to a degree in this world. God has given you certain gifts, but as one of my favorite mentors said, She's with the Lord now, but she told me when I was grilling her on what to do in my 20s and she was in her 80s and she was just so amazingly badass and she's like, you do your part and God will always do his. And that's what I really want to say to sixes is do your part, girl. Do your part, guys. Just make sure that you relinquish and release. And that will be so beautiful for your people to see. And they will be drawn to you because they'll think of you in terms of not just your preparedness, but your humanity besides that, where you really meet God and say, okay, it's time for me to rest. It's time for me to have peace. It's time for me to show my other gifts. It's time for me to share, as I talked about in the last episode with sixes, part of their beautiful community giving is sharing and sharing God's love with others means sometimes sharing your strategies or preparedness with them. Sevens, I want to let you guys know, being in your heads and being a seven, I know that writing can be a true blessing for you because it slows you down. We know of sevens having that monkey mind where they're busy and they're thinking about good things, lots and lots and lots of good things. And sometimes they forget to slow down and meet with God because of all the good things that they have going. So a great practice for sevens, and this is what I'm going to preface this with before kids, is to take time every day to write This beautiful method was taught to me when I was uh, seven in grad school by Marie Little and her husband, Paul Little, wrote How to Give Away Your Faith. So I was really blessed to be mentored by her as an author and somebody who had been just all over and met so many amazing heroes of the faith and saints. And, And she herself was one. And she was mentoring me and saying that she always does her three R's method where she would read a scripture. And then she would rewrite it in her own words, and then she would respond to it. And what that did for me as a seven was it slowed me down. And it really bothered me that we took it so slowly sometimes too, but I just wanted to drink at her feet and really learn and glean. And that really built me a beautiful foundation for faith when I got to those desert years of having little kids where you're just not going to be able to do as much of that writing. So if you're in that season, I get it. And sometimes you can. I wrote my books while my kids were little, but it was a different kind of a writing. It was more of that seven writing, like I want to get this out. But this is a different kind of writing. It's a pensive, thoughtful act. And I really loved when I read last week in the Christianity Today's Love in the Desert of Lent title by Julie Canlis. It was a beautiful reminder of how when we're in those seasons where we don't have as much time, 
God has us and he's so faithful. And that was such a gift to me to be reminded of that because now I'm getting back to that place where I can do more of that. But when you're nursing and you have three kids and you're just running and some of you have five kids, some of you have even more, some of you are having your first and it's exhausting enough. Just remember that you don't need to do everything. You need to sometimes just let God take over. And for you seven, that might not be the writing. It might be that you just rest. And my favorite Bible verse is, Come to me, all you who are tired and weary, and I'll give you rest. And I think that's because as a seven, we sometimes think we have to write our own ticket completely. And so we do, 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 do. But really lovely when you can get to that space And I needed to get to that space, as I've said in past episodes, where you just go, okay, I'm not in this perfect discipleship season. I'm not in this perfect writing season. I'm just tired. And that's right where God meets a seven is where you're tired or in pain. And you find that it's not a death. It's just another season. And it's a season where God gives to you more than you ever thought possible. So really my word for you sevens is meet him in the rest. Meet him in the writing, but also meet him in the woods. You know that I like to do that a lot too. I love to go out in the woods, take time praising. Sevens, as Ian Cron has said beautifully, have that fullness of God when we're at our best. So I obviously love being in that space as well. But you can't live there 24-7. It's exhausting for others in your life. They don't want Jim Carrey on speed dial 24-7. It's exhausting for you to try to run at that pace. But enjoy it while it's there and be that gift of fullness to God to others while you do have it to give. Eights. Oh my goodness. I feel like eights and spirituality feels a little bit like an oxymoron in the sense of eights not loving to be vulnerable, but I also feel like it's holy ground because eights are so beautiful in their spirituality when they can come around to having it. So I really want to remind eights that God is a safe place to be vulnerable. God is not going to abandon you, even though so many people otherwise in your life have done so. I really want to remind you that sometimes you may find God in the small things like a glass of cold water or a pause or a beautiful scene in a movie that you're passionate about and you see the hero just go ahead and save everybody like I know you eights want to do. And I know constantly in my home were war movies with my eight dad and the Last of the Mohicans gorgeous soundtrack, and JFK, and boy, did we have a variety of beautiful soundtracks going all the time, like Gettysburg and Saving Private Ryan, and you name it, anything romantic or beautiful or passionate was being shown in my home. I know my best friend and I were laughing the other day because what other five-year-olds were watching the color purple, but we didn't have any other things to watch because we had, we had little women, so we loved that too. But, you know, dad was not going to hold anything back from his darlings. So we were exposed to all of it. And and we were deeper and richer because of that. And it's probably why sometimes I score as a self-preservation four, like on the IEQ nine. And I say I resonate more with the depth and the pain of the seven and not wanting the pain and the monkey mind and all that. But, but those two types are definitely very close and also sometimes mistaken for one another. So when you're with an eight, the eight brings you out to such depths. And so I know that that's your way of sharing God's love is you're sharing the depths and the passions with the people around you. And we're just so gratefully drinking it up. So even if your point with others is one of loss, where you're disappointed and discouraged, and you just don't know if you can trust, boy, is that huge for eights. And you might even be there at the end of your life. 
Like my dad was still there partly at the end of his life, but you know what? When he was in his mid seventies and getting ready to pass from cancer, he took me in front of his entire Bible study. And yes, I did say Bible study because he had many years where those desert years where he didn't have faith. And he said, I'm sorry for the ways that I've raised my daughter with this military like view. And I've mentioned this before that he lamented it and everyone around him was about the same age and they were grieving things too. And now they had kids in their thirties, forties, fifties, and everybody was just saying like, yeah, we have things we grieve, but there was community for my dad as an eight till the very end. And boy, did that bring new places of surprisingly new places of faith for him because Eights love community. They have that two thing going on. So please remember when you can get back to community and remember that others are not perfect, but that there's a shared experience of passion and grief and loss that you can connect on, then eight feels a lot better. And just a place where you can be vulnerable and raw and say, hey, I didn't do it all right. And, and to be accepted, that's a beautiful healing space of faith for eights. It's also a beautiful thing to be just honest there. And sometimes he was just honest because I went to several of those Bible study meetings with him. And sometimes it's just a place of saying, we don't understand God. And eights can be brilliant people who have thought everything through with richness and depth and they don't have all the answers. And that's when they decide to just do their best and say, maybe I don't trust humanity, but ultimately I'm trying to trust God. And this is where I'm putting my line in the sand that I'll still have a faith life and maybe it will involve ritual and maybe it will involve these details where I go to the cemetery where my wife is for my dad or to the Little Rose Chapel, which he loved to take me to even in his years when he wasn't as close to God and to reflect on the legacy that his great auntie Teta, he called her from Croatia, left for us. These are the things he, he said, I just want to light a candle for auntie that made sense for him as an eight. And I want you to know that I'm not going to judge you whatever your faith life looks like, but I do want eights to know that ritual and community can be a beautiful reflection of just where you're at right now with God. I want nines to know some things too. And I want you guys to really focus in as nines on finding God when you're anxious and feeling alone. Because what comfort can come for you as a nine when you feel like nobody else has heard you, but that you have this audience of one who anytime you want is ready for you. But anytime you want being the key words here, nine, that you can get so lost in your sorrows about the fact that nobody's listening and in your anger that you can leave altogether and you can dissociate. And I don't want you to do that because I want you to be met with God so that you can find your purpose. And I know that you can do this if you get in your body again. And, and I didn't say as much about body work for the others because I know they don't quite disinhabit their body the way you do. So I really think that for you, getting back into a posture with God in a daily fitness routine, even if it's something very simple. I had a ton of nines write to me on IG and say, I just love my yoga poses and I love my yoga practice. But there's so many ways that nines love to do their body work. I know a lot of other nines who love fun fitness. And so I've been doing the pop sugar fitness with my nine recently. We've been having so much fun and she always wants to do 
way more active workouts than me. I'm the one who's like, okay, I'm in my place of rest. I'm post 40 now. So I'm still 40, but I'm like, I'm post 40 now. So how about we do our Pilates and yoga? And she's like, oh no, I want to do cardio kickboxing. So we have so much fun and banter and we usually find one that has elements of both. And we just feel so happy about that. So it really blesses her. And I know it blesses so many of you, my clients over the years who are nines who are saying, oh, we're doing the Tough mutter and the backpacking thing. I can't remember the name of it, but you guys carry that huge backpack ruck. That's what it is. And you guys just come up with things that I never would have thought of. And I'm a seven. And so you guys really sometimes blow sevens out of the water for all of your Disney fun runs. And I know we're in COVID right now and you can't do all that, but you can plan. You can say next year, this is my plan. And you can still definitely do fun things around your own neighborhood, creative fit. But I'm saying all of that because I know that the fullness of God is in you too, not just like a seven is with their enthusiasm, but with you having all nine types at your accessibility easier than all of the rest of us, I know that when you put on that body, then you say to yourself, I've got God as my audience at any time that you're going to be just fine because you already have that whole Philippians 2-3 going on that you're considering others as better. And I just want you to remember you're just as wonderful as others, but I'm not worried about you with spirituality. I'm not worried about you becoming selfish, but I am worried about you becoming complacent and drawing in and not sharing your wonderful, vibrant, fun self. And I really know that I'm selfish to say this, though. The world needs you. We all need each other because we bring such a better picture of who God is. And you bring the gentle peacemaker. And I was just watching the Jesus movie with my family last night, something that we like to do a meaningful ritual on Good Friday. And I was remi- I kept thinking about the nines in the blessed are the peacemakers for they are called the children of God. And I think that's really because you guys are so sweet and so kind, and you really want everybody to get along. So I don't want to lose out on that selfishly, but I also want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and he is always listening to you even when nobody else hears you. And not only that, but he wants you to be that truth speaker because you go to three when you're at your best, and so your voice of truth, and my daughter says she has her eight wing going strong, And she really is trying to even now hold a family meeting because sometimes her sixth brother and her fourth sister will call for, they don't even tell me about it, their sibling meetings. And she is not always happy when she gets called to meeting. And so she, I told her, you need to have a sibling meeting. And so sometimes you guys need to be the ones to hold that meeting, but you don't want to, you know, if I say, okay, now do you want a sibling meeting? Of course not, because it's not comfortable or fun ever for a nine to go into conflict. But sometimes I just want to tell you your work with God is trusting and showing up that you're not going to lose relationships by speaking up, but that they're going to get closer. And so that life with God reminds you that even if it did though, even if worst case scenario happens, you know, I love my worst case scenarios as a seven with the six wing, you're going to be okay. God has you. You have the gift of every type. You're beloved. And I know you work very hard to show up in relationships and to be loved since you're so peaceful and calming, but I want you to trust and let go and remember your fun workouts and remember your community that loves you even if you do lose a few relationships along the line for being honest because let's face it some people out there are not doing their work and when you show up doing your work and show up having your spiritual self-care on 
Not everyone's going to like that. And that's okay because you're going to find your people. And in the business world, we say, okay, you're going to find your avatar, but avatars aren't real. So please don't be in the business world here. Please find your actual people. Find people that love you because that's what matters at the end of the day. And as we're in COVID, your life with God and with your little community is really what is driving you each day forward right now. And that's a good picture for all of us as we're trying to say, coming into the next month, and I had a nine friend say this wisely, as we are maybe even nearing the end of our hibernation time, it's important for us to remember and reflect on what we've learned over this season. So I think this is just another beautiful reminder for us as we head into a new week with our spirituality is this holding time this bubble, like when I was at Wheaton College, they said, you're in the Wheaton bubble right now. And when you get back out in the world, it's going to be different. This is where you're at right now. So enjoy what you can of it. Reflect on who your people are, your real people, and find your way back to God because this is an amazing time for you to do that. A time you're not going to get back anytime soon, probably. So this is a beautiful season for you to reconnect or to connect with God for the first time or to connect with God in a new way and to set your intention as we get started on this new week. And even if it's only five minutes a day that you invite this time of reflection or meditation or body work or whatever it is you've taken for your type this week and in your marriage this week, I want you to invite your spouse to that practice with you because it's not going to look the same for each of you. But what it is going to look like is you guys honoring one another's positions and saying, oh, I know you need your time as a two where you're reflecting, or I know you need your time as an eight where you're going and lighting a candle, or I know you're going to have your quiet time where you're journaling, whatever it is, you can invite your spouse right in. Some of my clients pray together daily, or you can invite your spouse in just to see you doing it and to bear witness to your time with God and to see the results and the fruits of it afterwards. I know some some couples who are exactly the same on everything they believe and other couples where one is more liberal, one is more conservative, one has faith, one has lost their faith. What I really like to focus on is trying to find shared values. What is the same about you? What do you guys love? What are the differences that you bring? It does not have to be exactly the same. You don't change or have to turn in your political or opinion ticket the minute you get married. You don't have to do that with your spirituality either. This is your life with God and you don't have to give it to anybody else. It's yours. But you do have to try to get along. And that's a good way to do it is to say we meet with God differently. And sometimes we line up. I know my husband and I have a few favorite devotionals we've done together over the years. The first few years of our marriage, we love to do the James Dobson Nightlight Devotional. And we love to do the one he made for children as well. And we used to buy that for everybody as a wedding gift at the beginning because there were so many fun stories and a little ritual prayer at the end. We would just go to bed every night with that. And it was a great season to just replenish and think on cheesy stories. And sometimes we'd groan, but sometimes there were really cute ones where they'd talk about a couple that everyone was judging. And then they looked under the table and saw that they were holding hands the whole time and that they were a couple that was 50 years into marriage. And as we were newlyweds, we were really touched by that story and we still remember it today, obviously. So there are times when you might do even a cheesy devotional together and find fun out of it, as well as meaning later down the road when you need it. So never 
ever think that God can't use anything, even something like that. If you're at a place where you're thinking, we want to be spiritual together, but we don't know how. And then don't forget that I also said that I have a freebie for you this week. If you actually go ahead and visit my website at Reflection CC for my general counseling practice, or you can text us at 941-301-8420, text the word prayer, you're going to get my prayer circuit that I actually wrote out because it's helpful for me and it was helpful for my daughter who's a nine. She loves those written words that target anxiety as well. And it's a really fun way to say we're going to take our prayers and our angst to God in this same circuit every time probably because this really feels good and looks right for us. So if that's something you're looking for, the basic principle of it is that you first bring your angst and anxiety to God. Next, you go ahead and start up with your gratitude on what you're already grateful for, what you already have. And then lastly, you make your plans and you release control to God. So there's different segments and they're written out a little more in depth on the freebie, but I just wanted you to have that tangible item for you and your spouse or for just you and God even better and then do some other things with your spouse. But I also love for you to have some time where you really invite prayer into your life as a family. There's just so many things we could say and do about spirituality with God. I'm glad we got to do a lot of that today here. And I hope you will join us again next week. God bless you guys.